business, leadership, high performance, the journey. Hey everybody, welcome to the show and we are lucky enough today to have two gentlemen in the studio with us today. So if you're in the Fargo-Moorhead area here, they really need no introduction. Their business BNG team has made the Inc. 5000 list the past six years in a row for being one of the fastest growing companies in the nation. They've also been named uh, one of the top places to work two years in a row, being the only business in North Dakota to do so. So uh, without further ado, with me today is CEO of BNG Team, Brady Nash, and President of BNG Team and Connect Booster, Ryan Goodman. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, Patrick. Thanks, yeah, Patrick. Absolutely. So I want to... Um, Today's episode is going to be fun. We're going to say that because <laughs> you guys have some amazing stories uh, of where BNG really started, how it all came about, um, basic uh, entrepreneurial um, fairy tale. Can we call it that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, uh, I think it'd be good for you to kind of start out. You were way more kind of, I'd say, born entrepreneurial uh, than I was kind of, you know, through your childhood. Yeah, I had, uh, you know, I had I had a, an experience growing up where um, I was around a, an entrepreneur at a very young age, a good friend of the family. Uh, his name was Joe Lindacki. Uh, he's since passed on, but um, certainly left a lot of uh, uh, legacy inside of me and and what had developed my mindset early on. He he was a plumber and um, owned real estate. And he was the guy that, you know, we'd go over to on the weekends, his place, and he had a pool, right? A gazebo, beautiful. I mean, I grew up in, in Hibbing, Minnesota, you know, northern Minnesota. That that was almost unheard of, you know, in our in our region to have that type of a, a setup outside of a, a lake property, right? And so I, I quickly learned, like, I should probably do what Joe does. If Joe has the things that I, I want, I'm going to figure out what Joe does, and I—, I I attached myself to him. I would do any job he asked me to do. Like I, he had a large, uh, I know you'd almost call it a state. They had horses, like a small ranch. And, you know, I would mow his grass. I would, <laughs> I would cut brush and pull it into piles. I mean, I was like 13, 14, 15 years old. I would do anything he told me to, but then we'd always sit down. He paid cash, right? Which was awesome at that age. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we would just, he would talk business. I would ask him questions about about his business, and he'd kind of talk about different real estate deals, and I, I just wanted to be around him. So I learned, uh, number one, hard work pays, right? Joe was tough. He would tell you what he wanted, and if you didn't do it right, you were going to do it again. So there was like a standard of work, but also uh, that hard work paid off. And then, you know, he'd always talk about um, investing in assets, right? Not, none of this really landed with me super hard what what happened is it really was a seed that embedded itself in in my mind so as i uh grew through my entrepreneurial journey um specifically when uh we started getting involved in network marketing we were exposed to uh just different mindsets like robert kiyosaki rich dad poor dad cash flow quadrant a lot of those same words and phrases that joe used i saw uh mm -hmm. in inside of those books and i was like Oh, this is exactly right. And so then, then I grabbed on and it was like, it was all truth then at that point. Right. And then I, I dug in and adopted a lot of the mindsets around, around those other yep. uh, professionals and, 
you know, real estate investing, recurring revenue concepts and said, well, this is exactly, uh, this is exactly the way I'm going to earn my living to the point of like, I was a fifth year senior in architecture school, um, owned a, a home building business with a partner at that time, right? In my uh, late teens, early twenties and left all of that to pursue true recurring revenue. Wow. Yep. And Brady, <laughs> growing up in Winemere, North Dakota. Lidgerwood. Small, or Lidgerwood. Lidgerwood. Sorry. Well, Winemere, Lidgerwood. They co-op Weimar, on the sports, yeah. so close, pretty yeah. close. So small town, entrepreneurship, I mean, it wasn't in your blood, wasn't in your no, plan either. No, um, my my, uh, my mom's dad uh, owned a landscaping business in Winnipeg, so, you know, he was an entrepreneur. I think he started out when he was like 16, he left his house and literally uh, started by uh, mowing their neighbor's yard. He didn't have a lawnmower, and so he said, I'll mow your lawn for free if you let me use the lawnmower to mow the neighbors. And so literally he started. Uh, just mowing lawns, and then he built up enough money, bought his own lawnmower, and grew that into a pretty good-sized commercial business where they actually did landscaping, landfill, bought their soil, rock, and kind of everything. So he had that, but wasn't a huge influence really on me. I mean, I wasn't interested in in business or entrepreneurship, you know, like what Ryan was until, you know, I met these guys in college. I mean, I grew up, uh, both my parents being teachers and and coaches, and Patrick, you know my dad a little bit, and Mm -hmm. uh, – yeah, I mean, I was going to school, you know, as a, you know, grew up as a an athlete, you know, in class B sports, you get to play anything you go out for, for the, for the most part. And, you know, so I played, uh, you know, about five different sports growing through high school. And uh, my parents had me going into nursing, not because I necessarily wanted to be a nurse, but I didn't know what else to do. And I yep. was just like, you know, I was a good student. I was an AB student. I wasn't, you know, you know, uh, I, I always say I'm pretty average intelligent, but I'm willing to, you know, put the work in if I'm interested in something. And uh, so I went to NDSU going into nursing and I really didn't have much of a plan. I was just like, man, if I can somehow get through this and, and make 40, 50 grand a year, I'd be so lucky and so, you know, blessed if I could just pull that off. And, you know, God had other plans, you know, I feel pretty fortunate. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Patrick, you know, you, you know, the story, but for the listeners, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a town and my, my, my dad didn't drink alcohol. My mom didn't, we never had alcohol in the house. I still haven't had a drop of alcohol to this day. And uh, so I was meeting never? people. That, never, never. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, so 2004, 2005, NDSU, I think, Ryan, was you were a senior. Yep. And uh, I was a freshman, and I was just uh, trying to meet people to play poker. So I was like, hey, I don't want to go out and drink and party, but I like people. I've always liked getting to know people. So it was like trying to get a bunch of college guys together, throw like 10, 20 bucks together, get some pizza, have pop, and play poker on a Friday night. That's literally what I was doing. And Ryan uh, was working out at the wellness center at NDSU and with a couple buddies. And I just randomly went up and started talking to him. And I actually recruited them uh, to play poker. And uh, <laughs> our, uh, our good friend and, and previous business partner, Tyler, who's, who's now, you know, we bought out from the business uh, about a year and a half ago. But um, he just said, as Ryan would say, there's this kid that, man, it's like, I know him from somewhere. I just, I don't know where, but <laughs> so he's talking to me. You must know each other. We got to go to this thing. And they had just got uh, started in network marketing, which is really kind of the true stomping grounds for me. You know, Ryan had some other uh, entrepreneur experiences, you know, building houses and stuff. But for me, that was really the thing that uh, really changed my mindset, right? Got me sold on recurring revenue, got me sold on being an entrepreneur, the concept of leverage. And, you know, the idea that, uh, holy cow, there's a there's a path for me to create true wealth. And what I saw was a way that I could actually, you know, eventually make a lot of money, take care of my family, take care of my, my friends and, you know, support things I believe in. And so 
Um, being I didn't have much passion for where I was going into, I mean, I just I clung on to it, and we built some camaraderie, and it was really kind of the the testing and the the experience that I needed to do what we do today was, you know, I give all the credit to that, to that experience. So, I mean, the, the BNG team whole concept really was born on this idea that really kind of came out of network marketing, the recurring yep. revenue. Correct. So, I mean, before we even dive into the whole story of the birthing of BNG team from the very, very beginning, <laughs> yeah. tell the audience, I mean, because you guys, I know, I mean, myself working within your business is, has been a phenomenal experience and it's a super, super unique structure and really what you guys do. So... Touch on for the audience, just I mean, kind of BNG's overall, um, kind of your focus, overall goal, and kind of how you work with companies. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 evolved, which I'm sure as we're going through the story. I mean, right away it was, you know, Ryan and I were focused on making money. Like I'm not gonna lie, you know, we dropped out of school my second semester. He dropped out his senior year, you know, last semester. You know, he's gonna get his degree in architecture. I think he's got what environmental design degree or something like that in the on the way. Correct. He said he's gonna finish it up. Yeah. Yet, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, and, uh, not likely. <laughs> and and so it was about money and, and through that experience, you know, I've I've talked about this, it really turned into, yeah, we wanna make money. I still do, but it really turned from money focused to really people focused and in impact. And I think anyone that will tell you in that journey, the most fulfilling part is having impact on people. You know, whether you're helping your family, your friends, or impacting community, for for us, I've realized that the fulfillment really comes from that. And being able to generate wealth and money allows you to influence things that you care about. You know, and so for really now, BNG Team is really a business solutions company. We love entrepreneurship. We love people willing to take risks and go after the dream. That's what I loved about network marketing was you got to help encourage people, inspire them that maybe have had all this doubt and had all these reasons why they couldn't do it right. The, the idea around that is you're selling that dream. I loved it. What I didn't love about it, Patrick, was you get people excited and fired up. They like, believe in that vision, and then they do absolutely nothing, put in no effort. And yep. so for us, that was really disheartening. You know, and, and, and through the path of from network marketing, how we got into payments was, Honestly, I got sick of recruiting people. I got sick of wanting it more for other people than they wanted it for themselves. I realized I had a unique skill set that not everyone had. I realized that we had the risk tolerance, the drive, and most people, like I said, didn't even want to show up. And so when we found a way that, hey, we can go actually help the entrepreneurs, the people that had already taken that risk, and we can help them, and we don't have to try to sell the dream to everyone else, that was very enticing. And so that was September of 05, we got involved in payments and really focused on how can we help these businesses, you know, reduce costs, streamline payment processing. And, you know, through the years, we've really just become problem solvers. You know, it's uh, a lot of these ideas are the ones that hit us in the face from being in the space. And, you know, again, I believe you create your own luck oftentimes. Mm -hmm. What you do, where you live, the family you grew up, the friends that you keep that influence the types of opportunities that are going to be around you. You've heard me talk about it a lot, like stack the deck in your favor. They say you're a top common, you know, a combination of top four or five people you hang out with the most. Yep, absolutely. So why don't you make that really good people, people that bring in relationships, people that, you know, when you're down, they pick you up. And so for me at BNG and Ryan, we're like, man, what if we built a company where people were ambitious people, you know, had a, a had to drive to be excellent. They didn't just want to check a box and coast through life. What if they, you know, were creative problem solvers? They weren't no sayers. What if you had an environment, you know, I'm going through our core values that people were generally 
happy mm-hmm. and grateful for what they had. That doesn't mean you don't have bad days. It doesn't mean the world's sunshine and rainbows, but it's like generally good people. You know, the example I give is, you know, if Patrick won the lottery, would you be happy for Patrick or are you jealous? And why did Patrick win it? I've been buying lottery tickets for 10 years. And what I mean by that, there's a peek into someone's soul about how they look at life. And, you know, for us, it's like, man, let's just stack the deck. Let's put amazing people together. Let's not hold them back. Let's create an environment they're supported. They don't have to watch their back. You give them the tools and the mindset. And let's just see what happens. And so now over 16 years, I'd say the, 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 the case study, the test has been, you know, uh, pretty successful. You know, you mentioned some of the accolades. You don't get into business to win awards, but it's nice to know that some of the ideas we had, you know, we had are validated through that success, which is people matter. Talk is cheap. If you're going to talk about it, you got to be about it. And so for us, we want to help those entrepreneurs grow. We want to help our employees grow. We want to impact community. And we've just learned that um, there's a lot of different ways that we can influence that through technology, through strategy, through coaching, which is, Patrick, why we you know went after you. I'll kind of bring you into the office because the reality is, is no matter how good someone is, they can be better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I saw, you know, even though we were probably uniquely suited to implement EOS, you know, how we run the business, the reality is, is you make us better doing it. And so the idea that uh, if I can introduce you to some of our own clients, you're going to help them. There's no other, you know, idea other than I love, I love Disney movies. We love underdog stories. I love <laughs> seeing people, you know, come from nothing, come from the ashes and rise up and succeed. I we aren't the jealous type, you know, whether, I mean, we have an entire dream manager program. You kind of know what we call it, B&G Inspire, yep. where we invest a lot of money sitting down with our employees could have nothing to do with the business, just around what are your dreams, what are your goals, how can we help you go after them? Because we care. I mean, we've had people that wanted to learn a different language, wanted to go on a trip, want to lose weight, want to buy a home, want to have a child. Maybe even we knew that they want to start their own business, even at the potential risk of us losing a really good employee, we talked about it. I'm like, we want to do that. We don't want to hold anyone back. And we want people's time, our employees, whether they're with us one year or 10 years or their entire career, say, man, I worked at a place that people actually cared. They actually put action behind it. And it wasn't just self-serving. And even at the cost of us maybe being hurt by someone moving on, that it's more important to encourage them and not live life without you know regrets. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. You know, I think a lot of companies run that risk of, you know, how how much do we actually want to develop people? Because what if they do leave? Right. You know, well, and, and know, we it, go to the other side is, you know, it's that saying, right? Is what if you you train them and they leave? It's like yeah. what if you don't train them and they stay? Yep, the Richard Branson <laughs> quote. Right. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, no, and I can I can absolutely personally vouch for the culture at this place. Anybody that's not super familiar with BNG team, it is absolutely next to none. Um, it is exactly what these guys have preached, what they have intentionally brought into the business. You know, they Appreciate heavily, that. heavily invest in the employees, their dreams, their goals, uh, and not just professionally, you know, personally. And that's where, I mean, that's where it's like, man, that's a difference maker right there. You it's, know? And, and it's not that, you know, we tell people, it's like, it's not that we're perfect. <laughs> Trust me, talk to, talk to our wives. We're far from perfect. I'm sure they can give you a list. <laughs> but it's the idea that, and it's not the the press mindset of I'm not good enough. I think Ryan and I are really good business owners, but you know what? We can be better. I think we are good husbands, but we can be better. I think we're good dads, but we can be better. 
And so it's this idea that no matter what we're doing, we're trying, and it's not just saying it. We actually are putting action behind trying to do better. We have a really good, really good culture, but you know what? Mm-hmm. We, we, we can be better, and it's going to evolve and grow, and we're always trying to evaluate what can we do. And I think that's super important is uh, we're never, you know, we're not comfortable. I, you know, and sometimes we, we joke, I drive Ryan nuts. is like, I'm uncomfortable being comfortable. Once things that really get into the business, I'm like, <laughs> okay, what fire am I starting to keep us going? Right. And it's just that I don't want to waste their lives. I don't want to play it safe. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, both Ryan and I, we have that Christian, you know, belief in our background that, you know, thankfully the way we were raised. And I think it's going through our own um, difficulties and challenges. It's even reinforced that through the years that, you know, for us without God, nothing really matters. And, you know, so for us, I look at one day, no matter how much money Ryan and I make, trust me, we want to make money. There's fun things we want to do, but it's also like, we've been blessed with talents and skills. Like I said, I could have been a nurse. My wife tells me I would have been a terrible nurse, so that probably wouldn't have worked out. Um, <laughs> and your I, wife is a nurse. <laughs> she is correct? a nurse. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I met my wife out at the bar for, for a guy that doesn't drink, you know, I figure I always was on my A game when everyone else is on their D game. So. Yeah. I again stacked the deck in my favor, Patrick. Maybe I'll kick his coverage yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I'll kick absolutely. <laughs> and so again, it's just like we, but we ask ourselves these things. It's like Ryan, you know, whether we have fifty million, a hundred million, a billion dollars, name the number. Does it really matter? You know, one yep. day whether we're fifty-five, sixty-five, you're dying tomorrow, we're ninety years old, you can't take it with you. Yep. If we do our good job as as parents raising our kids, they don't need the money. I'm not saying we can't help them and influence because you absolutely can. But if we do our good job as parents. They don't need it to have a good life, right? And so it's like how we build this business, how we help people matters. Mm-hmm. It's not just how much money we make. We want to make money, but we want to do it the right way. And the right way is taking care of people, not just saying it, but doing it. Our employees, giving way more value to our customers than what we charge them, impacting the community. And I'm hopeful, our, our big dream is that we can inspire other people to stop and look at themselves of what we're doing, that we're a model, that we didn't just do this and we're a martyr. We did it profitably. We're able to make money and we inspire others. You know, we, we, we think about the, our kids grow up or maybe one day we, we have grandkids and people like this talk about the story. What do they say? Yeah. How did we do it? Were we cutthroat? Did we stomp on people? Did we use our position to, to beat people up? Or were we always generous and genuinely trying to help people through that success? And, and we both subscribe to that, you know? Yeah, and I love the word you use there, Brady, genuine, because I think, um, well, I know that both of you, I mean, are extremely genuine, you're very authentic leaders, and you're both extremely humble. And I know when you walk through the building at BNG, that radiates from the company overall of just team concept, humble approach, do what's best, you know, help people as much as you possibly can, which is pretty cool. But Yeah, yeah, and again, like I said, like we've subscribed to, we bet on people. And that's why those core values you talked about good people is we don't care how smart or talented someone is. If, if they're an asshole, we don't want them in the building. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. I'd rather fail with a bunch of good people on trying something than be successful with a bunch of jerks, you know, that just complain or take advantage of people. It's just, it's not worth it. And so I am really, the thing I know we take the most pride in is the quality of people. And I said, if you come through and you meet our team, it's, you're going to be blown away. People mm-hmm. are not only friendly, they are really friendly and genuine people, but they are really smart. They are really yep. talented. Yep. I can and, that. and so for us, I'm like the position we've got the company now, Ryan and I, we're just evangelists for our team. And our job is, can we just make sure that we put them in, envir- in, in uh, an environment to be successful? Can we make sure we're, we're removing, 
you know, things that could get in their way. We're supporting them when we need to. How can we get them more resources and tools? And, you know, really my main role is making sure all the different divisions that we have, the, the boats are rowing in the same direction. And if I can help them, if I can see things, and my job is to make sure if here's the plan, if we execute this plan, we're going to be successful. And that, that success, again, is we can take care of people. There's growth opportunities. We can help our customers more, and we can impact more. Things like unseen, you know. That's a big deal. Unseen's a local nonprofit, you know, fighting human trafficking. You know, Patrick, you've got a daughter. When you think about the, the for me, I've got five little kids. I know Ryan's got two. The only thing that's ever made me really feel vulnerable in my entire life is something happening to my kids. So when you know that this stuff's happening to people all around the world and children, I'm like, is there anything we can do that's enough? No, there's mm-hmm. not. And so for us, you know, we wanted our our team at BNG to, to know that just by showing up to work every single day we're donating a dollar a day on behalf of them to unseen to help fight for those people that can't fight for themselves you know those being human traffic so we're just people don't want to be a number people want to have value people want to have value in their relationships with their significant others they want to have value to their kids they want to have value in the world and we're just trying to help facilitate that for our team members and we believe uh, lifeblood of, uh, of the world, especially the United States, is entrepreneurships, risk takers, creators. And we want to try to help those dreamers be successful. Yeah, it's pretty cool because you guys are obviously about much more than just what you do in business. It's really about impact. I mean, impact overall in community and beyond. For so, sure. but okay, let's dive back into the BNG beginnings. Yeah. Because things weren't always uh, rosy and great, and uh, weren't always. I'd say that when is, <laughs> yeah, when yeah. is that happening? I'm waiting for that stage. Yeah. <laughs> Every day there's a challenge. That's so what let's, we get up for. Let's go back to when you guys met and kind of where this all launched from. Take us through that. Yeah. So you know we had met at the gym, like Brady had uh, originally described. And funny enough, you know he he's such a a happy, outgoing, just cheerful guy, right? I was always protective of my friends. He was over talking to a buddy of mine, like, who's this guy? He's a like, salesman. Right. And I and I'm and I'm, you know, with the construction background, it's it's not as uh it's not as salesy and you know, not as uh PR friendly as maybe the industry that we, we're in now, right? So I had some rough edges and uh meeting Brady, I was like, I've never seen a guy that's so happy. And then with my network marketing hat, I'm like this guy could meet a lot of people, right? I, all right, I'm going to be nice. We need to, we need to be friends. And just so happens we get invited over to the uh, poker party. Ryan saw purely a business opportunity. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. And uh, especially for someone that would like, I'm not a touchy feely person. So he'd come over and like, hey, buddy, rub your shoulders. I'm like, why is he touching? Why is he touching my arm? You know, like, boy, I'm really gonna. He's gonna have to really produce for, for, for me to get through this thing. And uh, so, uh, Tyler, former business partner, won the uh, poker tournament that we went to. So it's like instant respect, and uh, recruited Brady to to be part of our team, which is which was, you know, I, I joke about uh, our relationship early on, and and uh, uh, you know maybe some of the walls that I it had up early on when I developed relationships, but I'm really blessed to, to be working with him over time. He, he's really the, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you talk about a marriage or you talk about a business partner, having uh, skill sets that, that fill gaps, you know, mm-hmm. in your personality, uh, that's really what it was. Right. And so we figured out this cool dynamic early in the business on, um, you know, me 
setting appointments and, and, and driving volume and mm-hmm. Brady really being the ultimate closer, able to go in. And, you know, that, that, that stemmed from some pain early on as we were all going out and trying to drive business, right? And uh, we'd sit down and be like, well, we're having the same conversation. How come I'm not closing the same percentages as Brady? And, and it was one of those business lessons of learning where as partners right. you add value to the business and you fall into that place where you're going to add add the most value. And the fun thing mm-hmm. that I get to do inside of our organization is help um, grow people that have um, a bent to be able to turn great because it's very rare that you find a rock star with that natural sales personality yes. like yep. Brady, right? And so uh, what I used to think was this huge issue with myself, I learned to become good at that process by learning to become good at mm-hmm. that process of selling, relating to people, um, learning about emotional intelligence, you know, um, listening, closing deals. Now that that's given me the ability to teach other people that I would say like maybe have totally. B class skills to get up to A class skills and has been a big part of us, uh, you know, scaling different divisions yep. on, 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 on getting volume and creating scalability inside of the business. So it's really interesting. You know, I, I got good at appointment setting would be around Brady for closing every once in a while he would give me that shot to get in there and, you know, I'd either mess it up or I would, I would close it down. And I'd learn. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, that's how we, that's how we originally grew the business was through that, uh, you know, not good cop, bad cop, but but that collaboration where we ended up falling in line and and you know, really nailing nailing I, our our lanes inside. Of the I, I think the reality is is we did whatever it took. Right. It's um we've learned Adapt. to check our ego at the door and real entrepreneurship. It's like you don't know, and the thing that you know I love you know I loved about Ryan and Tyler and you know Ryan Tice is one of the other you know guys that dropped out of school you know with us. Um, was we just did whatever it took. We didn't know. You know, we, we, we talk about this. We were way more ambitious than intelligent, and thank God we were. You know, because <laughs> if you were to lay out all the struggles and you were to lay down, it's like, man, I don't know if I would have signed up for that program. It's easy to look at it now. Right. But, man, yeah. if you had to look at the pain and the struggles we were going to go through, thank God we didn't know. <laughs> you know, we're like, we got it. We're going for it. No matter what, failure is not an option. And, you know, as Ryan said, we just adapted. We learned, okay, you, you, you set the appointments, I'll do the close. We just, whatever, we did whatever we had to do. You know, I mean, Ryan, when we're going through, we did the prac studies. Ryan worked overnight at a hotel. I'm like, hey, it's better for me to be selling, but we got to somehow pay for bills. And so, I mean, we did balance transfers. We'd pay each other's bills off like like, like a marriage it's yeah like a i mean seriously i mean we did prac yeah. studies you know so when people say blood sweat tears that's legitimately what we were doing um <laughs> and we were good at what we're doing but when you're in a recurring revenue business it's a long-term play and so it's just uh i said i never needed you know ryan or the guys to be able to sell or make money i needed their friendship and their camaraderie to build a company and to keep going because when things are so tough to have the friendship and it we're we're in it together. It's what kept us all going. You know, and I think that's so important for entrepreneurs that you've got, you know, that group, that 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 team member, the your your why, right? Because it is so difficult. And there's oftentimes you know, wanting to quit can easily creep in. And we kept each other going through all of it was probably the biggest thing. Yep. So what what I mean, what was the biggest struggle? Because I think 
for every entrepreneur at the beginning, you know, you bring up a great point, Brady. I think everybody hits that wall. Yeah. And that wall, I think, is the ultimate separator of the people that quit and go, yeah, maybe the dream isn't for me, you know, versus how do you plow through that wall, keep going, stay motivated? What were some of the biggest struggles you guys had at the very beginning? Because you look at any any great entrepreneurial story, I mean, man, it is riddled with sacrifice and, um, like you said, blood, sweat, and tears. What were some of those big struggles you guys had? I know one for me, and Ryan, I know you've got, <laughs> we've got some he's, good, he's oh, we want to give, give some good stories, right? <laughs> you know, so I, I want to provide that to the viewers, maybe some stuff we haven't talked so much about. Um, you know, for me, you know, I thought I was going to, you know, marry my high school sweetheart, you know, awesome girl, great family. Um, and, uh, you know, when you drop out of school, it wasn't the most popular decision. A lot of people, a lot of people that I would say, you know, family, friends care about us are like, what the heck are you doing? You're throwing your mm-hmm. life away. I was a freshman. I wasn't that invested. I can't imagine Ryan being a fifth year senior. I mean, I just try to put myself, if my kid was going through that, yeah. like you're doing what, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, that you, was, have the, you have daughters, Brady. Yeah. I've got four daughters <laughs> and I'm just thinking about that situation. Right. Um, Oh, I hope that day comes yeah. when you get to make that <laughs> well, choice. We can talk about that. I'm, I'm training. I don't know if they'll be going to school or not, but they're, they're already getting that education. But, um, you know, so for me, you know, I ended up, you know, make a long story short, but, um, you know, ended up that relationship didn't work out. And ultimately it came down to the amount of commitment and focus I was going to have to be all in and be an entrepreneur in that relationship wasn't going to work out. And I'm like, which one? you know, do I want to go with? And the reality was, and I knew I wouldn't be happy without going after this dream to be an entrepreneur and that ultimately that relationship wouldn't work out. And so, so, you know, she, she's still a friend. Our family's awesome. And it, and it worked out and I got it, you know, God lined up an amazing wife. I couldn't be that, you know, understood the business and just super supportive, but that was tough. I, I mean, I went to a mm-hmm. dark place in life and I'll be honest, I was angry. Uh, a lot of people don't realize because I generally do like people. I don't like to not like people. I, I do care. But I had a chip on my shoulder when people talk about what it took. It was 100-hour weeks. It was when we were doing network marketing, I would stay up until midnight. I'd get up at 5 a.m. and I'd go all day, all night, nonstop talking, thinking, working business. I didn't go out. We didn't party. If I was going out, it was the network. It was to recruit back in network marketing. When I got into payments, I mean, we'd sell all day. We'd do paperwork all night. You get up and you go. And so... You know, it's always tough, I think, when some people see the end result and they're like, must be nice. It's like I tell people, like, you know, I've got yeah. a beautiful wife, five healthy kids, thank God. I work with my best friends. I have an amazing business. I love my life. But if I were to lay out our path and the challenges and say, you can do the same exact thing, here you go. Most people would say, yeah. screw that. Yep. I want nothing 100%. to do with it. And and I think that's life, though. I think it's, it's the same idea, Patrick, of uh, people want to be a professional athlete. I used to think I want to be a pro athlete. Well, you love the idea of it, being famous, making millions of dollars, winning a Super Bowl, winning a World Series. Sounds awesome. But I realized now I did not want to be a pro athlete. What I mean by that is the amount of training, the amount of exercise and and working out and dedication. I did not enjoy it that much. I did not want it that bad. And I think that can be the same thing for a lot of careers is people love the idea of something, but if they actually broke down the honest expectations or what you have to do, the sacrifices, most people don't want to pay that price Mm -hmm. and they set themselves up, you know, for failure. Yeah. I want to go back to a great point that you brought up, Brady, because I think every entrepreneur goes through this. And I think it's, for me, it was one of the toughest things too, of as you go through this journey, especially at the beginning, you know, even initially at making 
that first decision to launch into it, you immediately have people that are looking at you going, what the hell are you doing that for? Yeah. You know, yeah. they're immediately judging. They're immediately, you know, throwing comments out about you or talking oh, yeah. behind your that back, hurts, yeah. you know. And then as you go even further into it, your circle gets smaller and yep. smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, we went through that. I mean, I remember going through, I mean, how many friends that we lost. We were in our basement. You know, you're throwing your life away. I went through that that hard breakup. I mean, when I say I was angry, it's a strong motivator. Mm-hmm. Like being angry and having a chip on your shoulder, it is. It's not, I don't like that headspace. I don't want to be in there. And it yep. took a long time to get out of it. But that was a few. It was us against the world. Yep. You know, I think a lot of people, too, start out with that chip you know, to prove somebody, you know, wrong or to prove that they're able to do it. But I think eventually you hit that point where it turns into something completely different, where it's about impact. You know, it's about giving back. It's about, you know, just. You got to change it from the the ship, you know, that that ship and that anger into a different why and reason bigger than yourself, you know, for it. Um, Yeah. I'm just trying to think about you're talking about going through that start, Ryan. You know, you've got some probably notes of what you went through on that. Oh, yeah. There was, I think, probably one of the biggest challenges for me early on in entrepreneurship is being young. And, you know, I told you a little bit about my story. Being around a really uh, successful entrepreneur, working for for him was successful in that, right? Um, Every endeavor up to that point, getting into network marketing early on in BNG, I had been successful in what I did. And then all of a sudden, I got really hard, right? You've got maybe a couple thousand dollars in the bank account. You have more bills on a monthly basis than you have cash coming in. That's where the rubber really starts meeting the road Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur and a recurring revenue business that takes a long time to cover that nut and get above. So you have these gut check moments of, am I going to fall back on what I know has worked in the past for me and made money and I was comfortable, but I don't feel is going to provide the life that I've had a glimpse of or know that I have access to, yep. or am I going to push through this and figure it out? And there were many points inside of, mm-hmm. inside of our career where you met at that crossroads and you said, am I going to go back to comfortable and guaranteed or I'm going to push through into some of this unknown with the idea of, well, I see other people being successful in this. I see other people having wild success in a recurring revenue business, but you know, there's a big gap between getting to that point and starting on the ground floor. And so one of those points, um, I've got to laugh. We started, uh, we'd go out and travel on the road, right? And we'd we'd hit <laughs> the ground running, um, just walking into businesses. We, we were feet on the street sales Let's people going that, in. Let's talk about that brilliant idea of that Brainerd office uh, inside of a paint, yeah, yeah, paint yeah. office. This is a good one. So, you know, we'd go, <laughs> we'd get a hotel and we'd sell in Brainerd for a couple of days and, um, you know, doing this in 20 below, right? You know, people either bought because they felt bad for you or were worried because they maybe thought you were a crazy person and didn't dare let you out of the business, you know, until you bought something. But um, so we didn't want to spend money on the hotels, right? So I had this brilliant idea. I closed this deal. It was a big carpet store and they had a little office in the back that was for rent. I thought, well, I could come out here a couple days a week and why get a hotel when I have this little office and I got <laughs> a couple cost. of cots? Yeah, of course. Why not? You know, and they had this old crappy bathroom, which, you know, in hindsight didn't have hot water, which is interesting, <laughs> in the middle of the winter, right? And so, but you want to talk about getting to a point where you're out there by yourself. There were times Brady and I would go out together, but man, I remember a specific night and day. There was a thunderstorm. I'm just a paranoid guy. So I'm in this big 
carpet building by myself. There's a thunderstorm outside, you know, just sounds crazy. I'm on a cot with numb arms, you know, waking up every 20 minutes because, you know, you're super you can't, uncomfortable. You can't move. Your legs are numb. Your arms are numb. It's like a cot from yeah, Walmart. Yeah, yeah, you know? you're trying so to flip like, over. You know? You'd wake up and you literally can't move your body. That's not good. And you wake up and, and you get up in the morning, you feel like crap. You jump over, quickly shower before the staff comes in to run back and forth so they don't see you buck naked running across the hallway, right? Take a cold shower, and you sit up at your office, and you're like, what am I doing with my life that I am in the back The hell are we office? doing here, Harry? What am I doing? I'm like, I, I've got my first kid on the way. I'm not covering my bills. We've got this great business idea that's not moving nearly as fast as I want to do. And now I got to go sell out in the cold after I didn't sleep. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And you're going to meet those crossroads as an entrepreneur. And those are the, those are the stories that, you know, those are the things I can tell you. I couldn't even get out of that office that day, you know, and that is the point where, you know, you hear all the, the glory of like you push through, but sometimes man, you just yeah. sit there in your misery and you've got to be able to, that's okay for a small period of time, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to bust through that. And that's where partnership is important. If I would have been left to myself in those moments, I don't yeah. think there's a book. I don't think there's a podcast. I don't think there's anything that I could have probably had in and of myself without partners to be accountable to and people to pick you up when yeah. you're down. And that's, that's one of those things early in business you are going to hit a wall and you're going to hit a crossroads and you have a decision to make. Are you going to push mm -hmm. through it and move into the unknown? But you know, going into that unknown, you're going to get ultimately what you want if you don't give up. Yes. Versus the comfort of, I know I can make money doing what I know to do, what mm -hmm. I've done in the past, an hourly job, what have you. There's no risk, but there's also typically no glory on the other end. And am I going to put myself through the pain to see through the other side. And most of the time, most of us, the vast majority of us, without a partner, without accountability, without someone else showing you where the line is and where you need to cross and where you need to keep going, um, I, I, I most certainly would have quit. It, yeah. it would be very, it would, there's no way I would have made it without great partners. And so I think those entrepreneurs, you need to, you need to be, <laughs> you need to be prepared or probably some of the hardest times in your life be willing to push through it no matter the outcome or consequence and you need to build your support system early of either those that are going through it with you or those who have been there mm -hmm. that understand Agreed. because taking advice from someone that doesn't understand where you've been <laughs> you is oh, not you'll helpful get of it. You'll and get you're going to get it. it all the time they're going to try to speak into you and and most of the time it's why are you doing that? You don't have to do that. Come back and do this. Yes. That is horrible advice. And it's always family, isn't it? It's it's oftentimes family. Yep. It's often oftentimes close friends, and it's very difficult. And so you need to have that support structure and take advice from people that you would take criticism from. Yeah. Never take advice from someone you wouldn't take their criticism. Yes. And so I love it's that based on experience. Yep. And Yeah, I know for me personally, too, that, that was a huge turning point for me, too in getting into entrepreneurship was when you finally hit that point of where you know the suck is going to be there. Yep. Yep. And you know, even however high you are, that it's coming eventually again. 
because it's just it's a constant game of ups and downs with yep. entrepreneurship. So it's kind of like ride the highs, but be ready because the shitty stuff's coming still and it's going to. And as long as you embrace it and you just I've I, you know, I've always embraced just control what you can control, Patrick. Yeah, you know, yep. do what you can control what you can Keep control moving forward. Yep. And just focus on the processes and it will the pendulum will swing back again the other way. Like you guys both said, if you're just willing to push through and continue, which is I mean the hardest part and that's i love what you said ryan about just the support system because you absolutely need that outside perspective from people that either a have done it Mm -hmm. b are going through it because the worst advice you get many times is from the people that are closest to you because they care about you they don't want to see you struggle right yeah but you know that's that's part of the passion of entrepreneurship too is embracing that struggle and you almost get to a point where it's like you live for it a little bit. Like yeah, it, 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 I, you know, we were just talking about juices this. You I, up a little I'm bit. like a wartime CEO. I'm kind of like when things, I think that's why I say I'm uncomfortable being comfortable. I'm like, I've been so ingrained to like, let's go. Bombs are going off. I want to be in front of the, you know, the battle, like let's go. And uh, so when things have gotten, you know, through the years have gotten a lot better, you know, obviously there's always challenges, but they've gotten a lot better than where they were sleeping on cots, you know, having your limbs go numb. Um, and we've got warm showers that we can take every day, you know, those things. I appreciate uh, warm showers yeah, yes, every day. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, forget. but, you know, for us, you know, it did transition into then the why, right? And that it, it goes into what are we doing? How can we help other people? How can we help inspire people? That's why we're, we're on this show. I mean, I look at if there's one person listening that we can help them and encourage them to move on, you know, whether we never hear about it, you know, that's, that's worth it. Was there any kind of like big breakthrough that you guys felt in your business? Because I feel like, you know, I feel like everybody hits that point. And sometimes it's like you don't really realize it until you look back and you really think about it. Sometimes I think it could be gradual over time. But, you know, you know, you're push, you push, you push and you're struggling and struggling. And then sometimes it feels like something just breaks or caves finally. Was there any was there any kind of moment like that for you guys just with BNG? Was for you? Yeah, I think uh, when we made our first... Um acquisition of a small point of sale company. I think that was one area where I was like, oh, we're we're getting more sophisticated. Yeah. And you know, our the first thing that we sold was was payment processing. And you know, it was all about reducing cost. Well that only goes so far without adding other value. And in that type of scenario, it's a race down to zero and in you know the way you're gaining business is by cutting margin. Yeah. And you know, there was value in the support, but it was a commodity service. And so the point of sale business where, you know, restaurants and, and retail stores was, was tracking inventory, you know, reducing theft, um, just adding a lot of other value to the business tied with processing a payment. Uh, that's, that was one inflection point looking back on, we're like, okay, we started becoming a business services company. Many of our Businesses are focused around processing a payment, taking money from another business, you know, and, and processing that transaction for another business or a consumer to a business. Um, but we started grasping like there are a whole host of things that businesses need and they're going to buy it from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if it's in this vertical, why wouldn't they be buying it from us? And that's where that's where I think that the, the creativity flipped. And then all of a sudden we have web development. Well, that stemmed from um, us needing our own websites to look professional. But at the same time, all of a sudden um, e-commerce was, you know, we get exposed to the e-commerce side of the world. And that's processing a payment, 
through through the web, right? And some of these other products, and then Connect Booster, which is a large part of our business, which is a accounts receivable and payments automation platform for B two B companies. Well, that that's dealing with payments, but it's dealing with a whole other uh, a level of sophistication and and adding business value and automation, you know, and dealing with past due collections. And so that's another big inflection point in our business was a couple of years later starting that software company and then getting real in about 2015 where that thing started uh, making real money. And then us understanding, uh, not understanding in the beginning, but understanding at that point that we owned a fintech company. Well, you know, I'd love to say, guys, we are so brilliant. We knew fintech was going to be the next hottest thing, you know, software as a service and the multiples were going to be out of control. You know, it's it's uh, it, there are a lot of points where where uh, I, I feel like God's come down and be like, you couple idiots. All right, let me put this in front of you because you're not going to be able to figure this out yourself. All right, now you have a fintech organization, you know, that 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 has a lot of value and is all the rage right now. And so, th- you know, looking back, it's like, wow, you know, in, in company value, if we would have never made those moves or been exposed um, to some forces that that drove us to create that product, forces that drove us to invest in the point of sale system where would we be it's kind of it's kind of crazy it's kind of yeah. scary to think about in a way at the same time you create your own opportunities and you create your own luck by doing the next right thing Taking every single thing. day and and doing the things that you know you need to do to be successful those opportunities start presenting themselves and then then you're able to start capitalizing on those I, those were those totally are some i think you know points. you know some of that advice is you know i tell people is are you do you have good habits are you doing things to improve your chances you know are you networking with people what do you watch what do you listen to are you listening to things that give you ideas things that motivate you things that put you in a better mindset are you watching things that make you sad scared depressed you know, you're sitting around your house where you're probably not going to meet someone. So, like, I really believe that you can do a lot to influence those opportunities and luck. Like, you know, and this is where you start talking about, you know, privilege or not. Well, the reality is, is if you live in a lower income place in certain areas, there's a higher chance something could be stolen from you. There's a higher chance, mm-hmm. you know, of burglary. Like, that's just fact. And so same way with where you live or how you grow up, there's different things that there's different percentages and chances. So when you look at your life, what things can you do to start improving those chances? Correct. Who you network with, what books you read, what uh, organizations you partake in. That's like business networking groups, right? It's just like you never know the conversation. You never know that introduction. You know, are you taking the call? You know, I've got a, a buddy of mine. I think you might have. You know, had him. You've had Sean from Liberty, Sean Peterson from Liberty. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You know, like work with that him. guy came in here. He's been here, and what? Uh, here's a shout out to you, Sean. But like, I don't know if he's even been a year yet. Yeah, that guy went even. and reached out to me. He sat and picked my brain. I've helped them out on culture and what they're hiring and doing all this stuff. You know how many other people have been in the town for a decade as long as we have, and they're struggling. They've never reached out. Sean's gone. Is probably as networked as anyone I know in the entire town. He's been here for a year. So opportunities yeah. that are coming, why? It's because he's making his own luck. He's reaching out. And there's people that, you know, I, I open up my calendar. There's people that will, you know, book and sit down and talk with me. And there's people that don't take the opportunity. I'm not saying they need to, but there's conversations and opportunities. And Patrick, you reached out. Yeah, there's so much opportunity around all of us. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's what are you willing to do? Yeah. You know, I think too many people, Agreed. 
everyone looks at everything around them and makes up excuses for why they can't do something or why they're not getting what they want or why they're not experiencing whatever it may be instead of just, man, what do you control? I mean, yeah. how are you going to go after it if it's, if it's what you truly, truly want? Have you ever had Andrew Abernathy in here? No, but I need to. So, he, so he's yep. awesome. He's a good friend. I won't say, but he had reached out to a very, 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 very wealthy individual and to pick his brain because the guy had made himself a, a billionaire. And uh, the billionaire's essentially mentoring, and she didn't know who he was. He's like, yeah, no one's ever really reached out to me and asked me. I mean, like, there's just opportunities. Yep. <laughs> like, And I think a lot of people are intimidated reaching right. out to right. people of that level. But, and, when and, you, and, but when you hit on people with the right values, I mean, I think nine times out of ten, they're willing to help you. And that's where, again, the ambition, the drive, the fearlessness, and I tell entrepreneurs, right, we we get a lot of people coming to us and like, what are the biggest things, you know, what what are the tall tale, you know, signs if someone's going to be successful or not? It's, they they talk about grit, relentlessness, Mm -hmm. it's taking action. Lots of people have ideas. Yeah. Very few people, very few people take the actions to execute. We always say it's like ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the execution of the idea that's whether or not it's going to work out or not. I mean, let's just talk about it. I mean, is a restaurant a good idea or a bad idea? Well, depends. The reality is, is (laughs) what is it? Nine out of 10 restaurants fail within the first two years. And then I think another nine out of 10 fall. So is it a good idea or a bad idea? There's some restaurants and people I know that are crushing it. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, with the pandemic, there's a lot of things not inside of their control, and they've been crushed. I want to be, you know, sympathetic to that. But my point is, pre even pre-COVID, was the restaurant a good idea or bad idea? Well, some made it, some failed. So it's not the idea; it's the execution of the idea. We yeah. say in payment processing, people come in three, four months. Well, is payment processing a good idea or a bad idea? It's not the idea; it's the execution of the idea. There's people that make money in real estate. There's people that lose their butt in real estate. Good idea or bad idea? Yeah. It's not the idea. It's the execution. So all of this stuff, Patrick, same thing like the podcast, the stuff that you're doing right now, good idea or bad idea? Well, I guess, you, you know. It's a we'll, lot of we'll fun. See. Yeah, it's fun, <laughs> but it's, again, the execution. So, yeah. again, how are they learning? What are they reading? You know, how can you improve your chances of something succeeding? You know, Ryan mentioned earlier talking to people that have done what you've done. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, maybe my dad will listen to this. It's like my mom and dad love me. They want to give me the best advice that they can. And it might even be good advice. But the reality is, is he hasn't been an entrepreneur. Yep. He hasn't run his own business. He hasn't had 150 employees. It's not that he might not have good advice. He'd give me the best that he can. But if I have an issue and I want to talk, I should probably talk to someone that's, you know, built a business, has had 150 employees or yep. done more and has scaled through. Why? Because they're going to be, a, be able to have that relatable real world experience. And again, it's not a knock. It's the fact. Like I said, we've been successful Building a business from you know a couple college dropouts into you know a business that will do over thirty million dollars next year. We're not perfect. We're still learning, but we've done it. You know, so yep. it's just again watch where you're taking advice from. You know, and uh, if if you have a role model or someone you really look up to, you know, go talk to them, copy them. Success yeah. leads clues. Yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah, you Absolutely. don't have to. So I mean, I think a lot of people. I mean, I think we're in a culture now where you see a lot more entrepreneurship. You know, you see people pushing entrepreneurial ideas. You see kids on YouTube making millions of dollars. I mean, seems like, I mean, there's business opportunity everywhere, you know. Yep. So as far as entrepreneurship, what are some of the hard maybe myths or maybe even some of the hard realities that I think you guys could identify with? Um, well, this is kind of funny. It's funny you said the, the realities. It's the, 
I'm not smart enough, you know, would be, I would think, a, a myth, right? That mm-hmm. they think that entrepreneurs, people are super smart and geniuses. Uh, that's not true. I can tell you we've worked now for 16 years with thousands of entrepreneurs. It's not that there aren't super smart entrepreneurs. There absolutely are. But there's more or less the quality is grit. It's relentlessness. Yep, it's people that take action. And once in a while, that intelligence with grit, yeah, might be a bigger success story because intelligence does matter. But ultimately, it's the grit. I mean, how many super smart people, for the people listening, do you know are sitting in a basement somewhere? But they're brilliant. They got a 35, a 36 on their ACT. <laughs> they're just not motivated to do anything. Yep. But they're really bright. I know there's a lot of people far smarter than me. Um, and so... Um, I think that's a big myth. I think that you have to uh, have a lot of money to, to be an entrepreneur. I think the, the, the myth that kind of drives me crazy, even though Ryan and I have had big aspirations, is that to be in business, you, you've got to have this million-dollar idea or billion-dollar idea. I don't. I think a business and entrepreneurship should be whatever you want it to be. You need to define that. If your goal is to have a hobby business, it could be, you know, Ryan's got a lot of artists in his family. It could be a side business. You know, I just really like doing art and you know, the fact that I can do it and make a, you know, a couple extra bucks doing it on the side, if that's what you want, like, that's cool. You don't have to go and have a whole studio and make an entire, you know, make six mm-hmm. figures doing it. Just know what you want, whether that's a, 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 a $10,000 a year idea, a hundred thousand, a million or a billion dollar idea. But once you decide whatever that is for whatever your reason, make sure you've thought about and have a realistic plan on the steps it's going to take to do that and make sure that you're not setting yourself up for failure. Those would probably be a couple of things that really I think about a lot that people think that you have to have this big idea to be, be an yep. entrepreneur. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, typically the first thing you try is probably not going to work either. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing that y- you need to understand. And then the, uh, the persistence to work through the the disappointments uh that's such an important piece because um you're going to look back let's take a year for example and most of the time inside of a year especially when starting out you're going to be disappointed because you're going to miss goals and you know your 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 misconception is that is is that your your idea is so good and your willingness to execute, you're going to be able to move fast. And most of the time inside of that first year, two years, it's not going to move nearly as fast as what you think it is going to. But if you keep with the persistence, develop your support network and keep that tenacity and keep pushing forward, keep doing the next right thing, what you're going to find out is when you look back after five years, most of the time you will actually have accomplished more than you would have imagined in that longer period of time. And what, mm-hmm. what it is, is there's a snowball effect to it. So it, all of a sudden things start getting exponential. Um, you know, when you start, start making your projections and, and you're, not, you're not exceeding them, you're not meeting them inside of year one, year two, what's happening is that snowball is just small. And it's gaining speed, but it's still small yep. on the way down the hill. And as you keep up with that persistence, all of a sudden – you're almost doubling because you just didn't quit. And that, and, and even if you wanted to stop it at that point, it's almost hard because that momentum is going and that's where things get really, really exciting. So the, the, uh, I have this great idea. I can execute it. I have all my, all my ducks lined up in a row and that, that I'm going to crush it inside of the first two years. Probably not, probably Mm -hmm. not. But that again is one of those crossroads where you meet, disappointment and reality 
crossing with your ambition and hopes and dreams and your why needs to be big enough. Your support group needs to be big enough to help you push through that because I can tell you firsthand, real world, real world, world experience, um, your five years and 10 years will actually probably be bigger. If, if you were to ask me even five years ago, not understanding the industry I was in where I focus a lot of my time, Connect Booster and that being inside of FinTech and what that means, looking at what our business is now, it has exceeded what my expectations were from three, four, five years ago. Mm -hmm. But that experience now, we're starting to project out in the future. I'm like, wow, if I just keep doing the next right things, mm -hmm. I keep building my network, like what could that what could that be? And even now I'll get frustrated, right? We're we're going into 2021. I've got big plans for 2021. I'm like, man, we're kind of off to a slow start. Are we gonna hit our goals? Well, do you quit? Do you get yeah. angry or do you control the things that you can control because you know based on history, if I just push through this, there are going to be those game changer moments because I work to create my own luck because I'm not going to stop. We're not going to give up. Showing up, sudden, baby. Every yep, day, yeah. showing up. The next five to 10 years are probably going to be beyond what my expectations are today because you have to keep, is because of keeping that attitude. And that's what's exciting as an entrepreneur. You don't even understand most of the time the things that are really going to change the game for you. Oh yeah. The pivot, unless yeah. you get through it and don't quit. And then all of a sudden you look back and you realize, wow, if I would have, I would have never, I would have never even been able to capture this opportunity. If I would have just stopped at that crossroad and didn't push yep. through it. Yeah. It's the, you know, I was just trying to play some cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These guys are yeah. like, Oh, we'll make some money going to college. And you know, like, man, it's so crazy to think about that one conversation if that didn't happen, where things would be. And so, again, you know, put the luck in your favor. Take the actions. Don't be afraid to fail. It's like one of the things I ask my kids at the dinner table. It's, hey, what did you fail at today? Mm -hmm. You know, I've, you know, they're 10, 8, 6, 4, 2. You know, the older three kind of get it. And uh, Savannah, my uh, four-year-old's getting it too. It's like, what did you fail at today? And I want them to be comfortable with the idea that what did you try mm -hmm. that you didn't know if you could do? Because you wanted to try it, and maybe it didn't go well. Maybe it was I tried to do the monkey bars there and back without falling down. Yep. Maybe I it was that. I tried to do. And so I want them comfortable that failing is not I'm a failure. It's I'm willing to try things and learn things, you know, whether that's their math homework. My, my oldest is teaching herself gymnastics from watching YouTube, and she's got scoliosis, you know, and she takes her back brace off, and she's, like, flipping all through the house now. She's self-taught. Wow. But she's like, I'm going to keep doing this and doing this. And then like every day she just, I don't know, she's just really got into it. So it's just like, I want them to embrace not fearing like, oh, I'm going to look bad or I'm going to be embarrassed to like, you can't worry about that. And, you know, I hope that, I hope I can, if there's anything, you know, I'm trying to teach my kids, it's that. Isn't it, you know, because I've thought about that a ton over the last few months. Isn't it amazing how kids are fearless like that and they don't, they aren't afraid of being yeah. judged or taking risks or failing. And then at some point, whether it's you know, teenagers yep. or whatever it may be, you know, where we begin, begin to get so self-conscious and we just boom, go into a shell. You like yeah. can't fail, can't be embarrassed. 
don't want to be seen as this, don't want to be called this, you know, and it's just, oh, I think it prevents so many people from just going after what they really want. Yeah, it's want. like kids learning how to walk, you know, when kids are trying to take steps, everyone's encouraging and cheering them on. They yep. take a step and they're hooping and hollering or going to the bathroom, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like you're working on training my two-year-old. Just you're cheering and here's fruit snacks. I'm like, I wish yeah. I got Sticker fruit, chart, man. fruit that's, snacks that's every time I went pee in the body. That would be great. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the point is, like, no, you encourage them. Imagine if you just said, well, you're not a walker. Or, you know, I guess you're not someone that's going to use the bathroom. You're going to, you know, wear a diaper. There. Yeah. You don't do that. So I don't understand why, like you said, as we grow up, all of a sudden it becomes this negative thing or, you know, failures this, you know, we should be encouraging one another. So who was it? Was it Elon Musk? I think I just saw he talked about we should have, you know, we have baby showers. Mm, we should yes. have business showers. When a friend starts a business, get a bunch of people together and, you know, buy them gifts and things that can help them in their yeah. entrepreneurial Courage, you know, journey, encouragement, yeah. you know, and if things don't go, it's not like, oh, yeah, that showed him. It's like I hate that mentality that people almost fear other people's success because yep. it feels like it's going to mean that they're a failure or something like that. Scarcity mindset. Yeah. Yep. You know, so what's oh, go ahead, Ryan. if there was one thing I wish I would have known early on and had someone sit down and teach me. It was that um, there's not a black and white between a successful day and a, and, a, and a failing day. There's not a black and white between success and failure. Mm -hmm. In order to achieve success, there is a large amount, there's a large quantity of failure that must exist for the success to be uncovered. And I never really understood that. And I think a lot of that just comes from, from school like did you pass or fail did you get this question yeah. right or wrong was the math problem right or wrong but one of the things that i love to teach the young people in our business specifically those that are involved in the sales part of our business is you need to learn to love that rejection and you're going to develop a relationship with the word no because you're going to hear it a lot how do you react when you hear that do you take it personally does it demotivate you? Does it hurt? Or do you understand the math behind you're going to hear 20 no's before you hear before you hear a yes and mm -hmm. now all of a sudden your relationship is no like you could literally in a meeting where you hear no stick your hand out and be enthusiastic on hey thanks that's one for the 10 that I know I need to hear today in order to get my one yes. Yep. That would have completely changed the game for me yep. being young early on in business, that mindset of it wasn't pass or fail. It is I absolutely must walk through a certain amount of rejection and it's going to be more than the success that I experienced. And it is an absolute necessary part of success. It would have completely changed the way that I thought about what I was doing day to day. It would have complete, you know, and it's like these lessons, you know, learn too late. You're like, but now I know it. Now I get to teach it to my team. Mm -hmm. Now I get to teach it to my kids. And how blessed am I that at least I was exposed to it at some point where I understood why I felt the way that I felt. And now it can be different. Now I can help other people through that. Right. And so um, business is not pass or fail. It's the willingness to go through that rejection and failure, fail forward, fail fast, accelerate it, and you will get to the success 
that much faster. Work the math, understand what the math is inside of your industry to see success. And then all of a sudden, when you wake up, you're like, I'm going to get rejected a bunch today because I know that's exactly what I need to do to see success. <laughs> and those no's, all of a sudden, the relationship with no, you can actually get excited when someone says no. How crazy is that? But it's all about the mindset that yep. you have around that word, the relationship, and you start changing the way that you even feel. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it becomes the metric of success, yes. not the metric of failure. Yeah. And, you know, if there's one thing that I could tell anyone that that's going into the field of entrepreneurship or going into sales or anything where they're taking a risk, learn to embrace that failure and then start measuring how much failure it took to get that yes. And now embrace that failure and do it faster because yep. you're going to be successful that much faster. Yep. feel like I say it every single episode, but... Um, one of the best books I've ever read is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Mm. About truly, if you want to get to the destination, there's absolutely going to be obstacles and failures along the way. And it's only through those will you actually find that accomplishment and pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's truth. Living yep. proof. Love it. Sweet. What's the next big thing for BNG? We only have a couple minutes left. <laughs> Which ones do we even want to go into? What do we want to talk about? You know, for us, you know, it was, it was funny because the, the team asked us, we do these town halls where they can ask us anything. And they said, you know, what would make it a great year? And, you know, for us, it was, and I kind of got really fired up on it because I'm like, you know, first of all, great is perspective. If you're talking about, are we going to grow revenue, make money? Well, we, we're in the recurring revenue business. Everything's trailing. Technically, we do more revenue this year if we didn't do much the rest of the year, <laughs> like that's just how it kind of yep. works. Does that make it a great year for me? No. I mean, it's one of the things we want to grow the business. Uh, you know, for me, you know, great is how, again, goes back to how we build the business. Can we improve our, our, our culture? Can we pr do a better job taking care of our customers? Can we, you know, find some new opportunities, you know, for growth? Can we give more? You know, so for me, it's hitting on all of these things. It's progress. You know, however we do it, I'll never be a 10 at anything in my life. Kind of what we talked about before is I want to make sure we're moving forward. As humans, we are made for progress. And I want to make sure that our entire team professionally, personally is making progress. I want to make sure Ryan and I are making progress as entrepreneurs, as, as leaders and as, as fathers and husbands. And for me, it's all about moving forward. If we can do that, you know, to Ryan's point, going through, going through the negative stuff, we kind of know the math behind it. We know the struggle, so we embrace it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's going to make it a great year. You, you're going to see big growth. We've got some big things coming out. I can't share all of it with you, but I just say stay tuned. You know, we're never one to sit still, and you're going to see some— um, <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we, we, we love it. And so, um, you know, for uh, my, my words of advice for those of you out there is just keep moving forward. Focus on what you can control. You said it, Patrick. You know, stay positive, don't be negative, and make your own luck. Keep putting yourself in a position to win. Sweet. Well, I, I got to thank both of you guys for coming on here today. You bring up some phenomenal points around just entrepreneurship. You know, great advice for anybody looking to become an entrepreneur or maybe on that journey already right now. You know, it's not easy. It takes patience. But yeah. um you know, the word grit, I think, is a perfect word to describe what it really, really, truly takes of just keep showing up, have grit, be patient, great things will happen. Well, I think we, we said that, you know, life is hard. Entrepreneurship is hard. 
you know, being overweight is hard. You know what? Being super fit and working out and disciplined and saying no to really tasty food is hard. It's harder, probably. Yeah, right. You know, someone say being <laughs> single can be hard, right? You can be lonely. Being in a relationship can be really hard. Uh, having kids can be hard. Not having kids can be hard. And so when you look through it, I'm like, I don't feel life was ever meant to be easy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, if life is going to be hard, make the hard worth it. Yep. Whatever you're going to go through, life is going to be hard. So whatever that you, you want, make sure that at the end of that hard is something that is really valuable and important to you. 100%. Good point. Love it, guys. Okay, where can our listeners uh, find you and follow you? Oh, well, BNG Team, uh, you know, is the main company website. You know, Ryan has uh, has a podcast. He does. It's called uh, uh, Confessions of an IT Business Owner, which is really good. I think he's got how many episodes? You got like 18, 19 of them yeah, out there. Yeah, there's a bunch. Really good, and you're going to hear a lot of stories from various entrepreneurs inside of the tech world. So that's pretty cool. I've got the Accidental Entrepreneur vlog. That's on YouTube. If you just go and search uh, the Accidental Entrepreneur, where I try to give some real world advice you know, for entrepreneurs out there and just try to help them in that journey. Okay. So awesome. Yeah. Fantastic things happening at BNG. Um, absolutely keep an eye on these guys as this company is going to um, blow up very quickly here in a, in a positive way. Hopefully. So. hopefully. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. No. There's fireworks. We don't know if it's the building or if it's actually celebration. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> no, I, you know, the coolest thing about you guys and, and B&G is it's, it's really about just the impact and it's about people because I'm such a big believer and that's what business is all about. It's about the people that you're dealing with because every business is people and it's about impact. So... Thanks for having us. Awesome. Thanks again, everybody. With that, um, don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Patrick Metzger Coaching. Be sure to check out bngteam.com as well as connectbooster.com. Thanks so much for listening, tuning into the episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate the podcast. Uh, As always, show notes can be found on my website at patrick-metzger.com. Uh, Be sure to take a screenshot of today's show. Tag myself, tag um, Brady and Ryan, share it with somebody, uh, maybe an entrepreneur that needed to hear today's message. So uh, until next time, I want to remind you to own you and the journey.